reading just verse one and verse number two. Uh, I, I want, I'm excited about preaching this tonight, but uh, I almost feel like I could preach it like the next three weeks, and uh, it's just so much uh, that is right here, so much information that is right here, so much to be uh, applied to our lives right here. But uh, we're familiar with these verses. Matter of fact, uh, as I've mentioned uh, many times, that if you get a, a devotional from me on, uh, in the morning, uh, at the very top of this is a quote uh, from verse number two. And uh, it's something that I believe uh, that every one of us should practice. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, we'll get started with this tonight and look at Romans chapter number 12. You there? Say amen. amen. All right. So beginning in verse number one, the Bible says this, I beseech you, therefore. How many see that? Everybody with me? If we're in Bible college, what do we need to do? We've got to go back and see what it's there for, all right? But we're going to go ahead and read these verses, but we have the knowledge that we got to go back because he's talking about something that's already been talked about. And what he's going to do now is he's going to tell us in verse number one and verse number two of chapter number 12, since, it's basically saying this, since what we've already talked about, in light, here, here we go, in light of what has already been talked about, then we come here. Does everybody say that? That's the therefore. That's what it means, all right? We say this. We say it because it's a little cliche and it helps us to remember, but when we see a therefore, we have to go back and find out what it's there for, all right? But in essence, this is what he's saying. And, and, and since we've already covered all of this, uh, and, and in light of what we have covered already, uh, this is the next response, okay? So, Verse number one says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, in other words, it's not asking something of you special. It's not asking, uh, it's not asking something of you that's impossible it's not asking something of you that, that uh, uh, you, you don't owe. He's saying this is your reasonable service. Is everybody all right? Y'all quiet tonight? It's going to be rough if y'all quiet now. If, it, if you get with me, it's going to be all right. We're going to shout and scream and holler and do all that other stuff. But if you ain't, oh, woe is you. All right, now let's go. Verse number two. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world means that I'm not to live in the mold of this world. But the Bible says, but be ye transformed. How are we going to do that, preacher? I'm glad you asked. By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right, so as we look at this, uh, let's just, for introduction's sake, let's talk about the world that we live in today and how we react when it comes to church and when it becomes to Scripture. Many want to live a life, will you agree with this? Many want to live a life for themselves. We're very selfish in how we do things. I need somebody to help me. We won't come to church if it's too crowded. We won't come to church if it's too cold. We won't come to church if it's too hot. 
We won't come to church if it's too long. We won't come to church if there's another hypocrite in the building. <laughs> you notice I said another. Because when you walked in, you were the first hypocrite that got here. I need somebody to say amen. All right? And so we say things like, we won't gonna, we're not going to come to church because uh, uh, they, didn't, they didn't speak to me the last time. We're not going to come to church because the preacher didn't do this or the preacher didn't do that. I'm not going to come to church because I don't like the songs. I'm not going to come to church because they don't have something for my kids. I'm not going to come to church because my kids don't want to come to church. I'm not, is everybody all right? And so we live our lives as if they revolve around us. We live our lives as if it revolves around us. It's all about us. It's all about us being convenient. It's all about us. It's all about it being easy for us. It's all about us not being bothered by anything. Is everybody all right? Uh, we'll say things like, uh, uh, preacher, uh, uh, don't, uh, we want to, uh, uh, or don't bother us with church. Don't bother us about reading the Bible. <laughs> don't bother us about praying, preacher. Don't bother us about serving in the church. Are you kidding me? I ain't going to serve. I ain't going to walk back there in the nursery and look over some young and look over somebody else's bad kid. Is everybody all right? I'm tell you what most people do nowadays is I'm not going to go in the nursery and look after my bad kid. I need somebody to help me. <laughs> you bring your little bad kid here, throw him in the nursery, and make somebody else watch after him. Can I get a witness? Hey, he said, preacher, I need a break. That's the only reason you come to church, so you can dump your kid off on somebody else. He said, don't bother me concerning my kids. Preacher, I, my kid don't want to come to church. I shouldn't have to make them come to church. I want them to want to come to church. <laughs> I need somebody to help me. I wonder if you want them to want to serve you at the house and do what you tell them to do at the house. I bet if they don't, you tear that butt up. I need somebody to help me. There'll be some form of punishment, but when it comes to church, I want my kids to just be all in love with the Lord, but yet we aren't. Say, preacher, I don't want to inconvenience my kid. I want them to live life. I want them to go to ball games. I want them to have this, and I want them to have, is everybody all right? It's all about us, and we have this mentality. I remember when I was growing up, uh, uh, my mama put food on the plate. I'm going to spend some time right here because somebody needs to hear it. My mama fixed my plate. Let me say that. Where's my wife at? She needs to hear this too, all right? My mama, she cooked. Y'all make sure Michelle hears this. I think she's outside smoking. She cooked, and then my mama fixed my plate. Is everybody all right? Amen. Say, well, you were spoiled. I'm going to show you how I wasn't. My mama put that food on that plate, and she put that plate in front of me, and you know what I had to do? I had to eat it. Well, I don't like okra. I don't care what you like, boy. I served up. Is everybody all right? I, I'm just, I had a flashback right there. I was remembering what my mama done. These kids nowadays, this is what they live with. I don't like that. I want some, I want some chicken nuggets. Okay, let me go get you some chicken nuggets. My mama, the chicken nugget is you upside the head. Put a big old piece of liver on your plate. I'm like, God, take me. I don't want to live in this house anymore. My mama said, you're going to eat tonight, you're going to eat that. It's good for you. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't good for me. It ain't nothing about that good for me. Is everybody all right? But what I'm getting at is that we didn't have a choice. I didn't get to choose. I, didn't have no, I don't like that. Oh, Lord, look out. She liable to swing on you. What you saying, my cooking's bad? Is everybody all right? 
Y'all was raised, see, that's y'all's problem. Y'all were raised by a crazy woman. I was. I, my, you trying to tell me that food ain't good? I'll pop you upside the head. KK, where's she at? She go out and smoke a cigarette too? Oh, KK's sitting in the back. KK, what don't you like, KK? Tomatoes. KK, every meal. What did I do? Is everybody all right? Slice her a tomato and put it on her plate. You don't get to choose around here. I need somebody to help me. She still don't like tomatoes, but bless God, she ate them around daddy. Because it ain't all about us. If there's one thing that my mama did teach me that was right, it ain't all about me. It ain't all about getting what I want. It ain't all about, life ain't about everything being good for, for you. Is everybody all right? And so when we come to a passage of scripture like this, Paul says, I beseech you, I beg you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He said, which is your reasonable service. It's, it's just reasonable. But why is that? So let's take a look at that tonight. And I'm going to try to get through this. I promise you, I don't know how long it'll go, but I promise you we'll quit at some point. All right. So first off, I want you to notice he's asking us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Everybody get that? All right. A sacrifice. Let's talk about it just for a few moments. A sacrifice in the Old, Old Testament. All right, that's the only thing that we have to go. We had to compare scripture with scripture and the sacrifice in the Old Testament. Somebody talked to me. What was it? How was it? How did it go? Do what? Something died. Amen. That's great. Absolutely. Something died. Matter of fact, before it was placed on the altar, it was dead. They placed the body of the animal on the altar and they collected the blood. Is everybody all right? So, it, yes, absolutely. Something died. All right. Uh, tell me something else about this animal. It had to be perfect. It had to be without spot and without blemish. Uh, Leviticus chapter number one. Get into Leviticus chapter number one. You don't have to go anywhere else. Everything in Leviticus chapter number one, every single animal offered for a burnt sacrifice had to be without spot and had to be without blemish. In other words, it had to be the best that you had to offer. Is everybody with me? Had to be the best that you had to offer. You couldn't, you couldn't bring God your leftovers. Couldn't bring God something that was messed up. Couldn't bring God something that didn't, didn't quite fit the bill and wasn't as healthy as the rest of your flock. You had to bring the best to God. Is everybody all right? But here in the scripture, Paul turns it around on us and he says, Hey, I want you, I beseech you that you be a living sacrifice. He says this, we're to be a sacrifice. Everybody say that with me. We're to be a sacrifice. Everybody say it with me again. Here we go. We are to be a Paul says that's our reasonable service. So I want to look at this. I, 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 I entitled it, It's Just Reasonable. But I want us to, with this thought in mind, that I'm to be a sacrifice. So if I'm to be a sacrifice, preacher, what's my motivation for being a sacrifice? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself, your bodies, a living sacrifice. So our motivation is God's mercies. I need, man, Jake just talked about it just for a few moments ago and y'all shouted and everything else and three people came to the altar after he'd done it all. Is everybody all right? Well, we, 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 it's too, oh, it's too much to ask somebody to get up out of a seat. It's too much to ask somebody to worship in the church. It's just too much. But Paul says, hey, I'm begging you to be a sacrifice, 
a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice don't make decisions on their own. They offer themselves up. Is everybody all right? And their motivation is God's mercies. We can go back to Romans chapter number three. Let's do it. How about that? Can we do that? Romans chapter number three. And we can look at some of these mercies. Uh, in Romans chapter number three, we're looking at the therefores. Hey, maybe that'll help you. We're looking at why, why are we therefore in Romans chapter number 12. Uh, uh, so we go back to chapter number three and the Bible tells us what then, verse number nine, what then are we better than they? No and no wise for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Let me ask you something. Are you included in that? Paul goes on, he says in Romans chapter number uh, 3 and in verse number 19, he says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. This is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying that you and I are already condemned. Amen. We were born that way. Verse number 23 of Romans 3 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He explains it even more in Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 12 when he says, Wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. But what I want you to see tonight was that we were all born condemned. I'm going to say it. Y'all better help me tonight. I, I laid it out. I don't know how much easier I can make it for you. You deserved hell. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that's good, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh good. Everything about Romans chapter number 3 lets you and I know that we deserved hell. We were condemned and nobody was excluded. Not one person was excluded. We find out from Romans chapter number 3, Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3 that we are condemned. Right. Say, preacher, that ain't nothing to shout about. <laughs> it is if you're saved. <laughs> because when you get to Romans chapter number 5, you find out that you are justified. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout, hallelujah. I was born condemned. I was born deserving of hell. I was born and should have been in hell. But God, amen. He loved us and therefore He justified us. How? By faith in Him. Not by the law, not by our works, not by something you and I can perform, but by faith in Him. He has justified us. That word, it means that He has looks at us just as if we never sinned. 
I'm going to get, I need somebody better help me tonight. It means, that word means that God, when he looks at us, our record is just as if we never sinned. It's just as if chapter number three never happened. We're justified. I need, man, yeah, hey, that is the mercy of God. If you're saved in this building, you deserved hell. But God has justified you by faith. And because of that, we have peace with God. You realize that God poured the wrath, his wrath out on his son. And this verse tells us because he did that and we have faith and believe in his son and the finished work of the cross, you and I have peace with God. We got peace with God. Man, that's some beautiful mercies. I need somebody to help me. I, I, I see condemnation in chapter number three, but in chapter number five, I see justification. I'm just as if I'd never sinned. God looks at me and he doesn't say, Robbie, I remember all them things you did from the time you was born up until right now. I remember every single one of them. No. <laughs> he looks at me and he says, I don't remember a time that you have sinned. Why? Because I am in Christ. I am justified by faith in Christ. And therefore, in Christ, God sees me as he sees his son. Justification, a mercy of God. God didn't, oh, I need somebody to help me. God didn't have to give us that. God didn't have to give us that. God could have made us do what every one of us thinks we have to do, and that's work our way to heaven. He could have said, yeah, you can have heaven. Yeah, you can have peace with God. Yeah, you can have forgiveness of sins, but it's going to cost you number one, number two, Number three, and giving us a whole list of what we were going to have to do. But God said, you know what? There ain't no way you can perform number one. I ain't even going to get to number two. I'm not going to waste my breath or waste my time thinking about number two and number three because you can't do number one. And so I'm just going to give it to you freely. And every single one of us are justified. How? By the grace of God. Hey, goodness gracious. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul lets us know right quick. Can I read a little bit in Romans chapter number five? Are y'all okay? We got plenty of time. The Bible says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for those that were condemned. Is everybody all right? For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. In other words, they weren't none of us righteous, and yet God still sent his son to die for us. Much more than being now justified, there's that word again, how, how? By his blood. We shall be saved from what? Wrath through him. Who is him? Christ. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement or reconciliation. Amen. Glory to God. We were condemned. Amen. We were we were. Condemned, but we were awful. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. And he proved his love to us. And that while we were still awful, he died for us. He died for us. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. He died for us. He gave his life for you and I. Moreover, the law, I'm in verse number 20 now, in verse 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may, might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto what? Eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. <laughs> I'm not justified for a little bit. I'm justified forever. I'm justified forever. How did it happen? By the grace. That grace now reigns in me where sin once reigned in me under condemnation and unto death. Now His grace has been poured out on me and I have been justified unto eternal life. Mercies of God. Those are past mercies. If you're saved in this building, every single one of us, if we're saved in this building, that's the mercies of God right there laid out for us. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore. Why therefore? For chapter 3 and chapter 5. Therefore. <laughs> Is everybody all right? But that ain't all that's there. Is everybody Okay. Because we got present mercies. Is everybody all right? We get over to Romans chapter number 8. And then we hear this. In verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Not only, man, we have seen that we are condemned. Then we see that God has justified us. Now we see that there's no condemnation. Why? Because we've been justified. He goes on in Romans chapter number 8 and in verse number 14 through verse number 17 he says, For as many are led uh, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Papa Daddy. Whereby we cry, Abba Father, Daddy! That's what that means. Verse number 16 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, 
Then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. Hey, he ain't going to hell. And if I'm a joint heir with him, I reckon I'm just going to hang out. Is everybody all right? I'm going to hang out with him. If so be that we suffer or suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. That's present stuff. I need somebody to help me. That's just good stuff. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Not only in our present do we realize we're not condemned, but we also realize that God's working on our behalf. Even more mercies. That means when everything in the world's come against us, God said, I'm going to fix it. I know it's bad right now, but at the end of this thing, you're going to look back and you're going to say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good because God is working on our behalf. Mercy, mercies, mercies of God. We don't even think about stuff like that, but the mercies of God that are going on right now in our life. You look back on something that was just absolutely horrible and you thought you'd never make it through it, but you're sitting here tonight. Why? Because of the mercy of God and God just working it up and saying, I'll fix it. I'll make it better. I can't, uh, you're not going to avoid it, but I will make it better. I'll work it all out. And we sit here tonight in the mercies of God because of what he does in our present. You got up this morning. <laughs> hey, it was the mercy of God. You took a breath this morning. It was a mercy of God. God let you live. I need somebody better help me. God let you live. And you woke up and took a breath this morning. That's the mercy of God. You woke up this morning and you could see. That's the mercies of God. You woke up this morning and you could smell. That's the mercies of God. You woke up this morning and you could walk. That's the mercies of God. You woke up this morning in the house. That's the mercies of God. Say, when I rent my house. Bless God you got shelter over you and that's all God said he'd provide for you was your needs and you needed a roof over your head and God provided it for you. Say I got up and I ate breakfast this morning. It was by the mercy of God. I got up, got in the car and went to work this morning. That car's the mercy of God. That job's the mercy of God. I got up and I woke up children this morning. That those children are the mercies of God. Everything, I need somebody to help me tonight. Everything that you and I have, we owe to Him. It's because of His mercies. Present mercies. Hallelujah. I got to go to church tonight. Talk to a man today. He said, I wish there was a church like yours around me. I'd be going to it. But I got to go to this other church. Mercies of God. God's been good to us. I should be a living sacrifice. Why? Because he's been good to us. See, as I, I don't look back at just past, because I can look back at God's mercies in the past and I can see how good God has been. I can see how God saved me and I can see what I should have got. What I haven't got, I thank God for his mercies. 
I can get up today and I can look at my life right now and I can see the mercies of God. Some of the things that you used to pray about, now you take for granted. Why? Because God's mercies give it to you. But you and I get complacent, like Brother Jake says. Our mercies, not only past mercies and present mercies, but they some mercies that are coming in the future. Is everybody all right? We stay right here in Romans chapter number 8 because we're looking at the therefore, right? We look at the therefore in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 31. The Bible says, what shall we say or what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> I don't know if you like that mercy, but I like it. If God's for me, then who can be against me? It says this, see, we got it. Let's keep it in the text. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. That's a mercy. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's a mercy. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. That's a mercy. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. That's the mercy. God's working on your behalf right now. Satan's saying, you believe what she did? And Jesus is saying, well, hush, boy. Is everybody all right? It's not really in Scripture, but that's how I view it, amen. He's making intercession for us. Easy now. You better be real careful when you, when you are accusing one of my children. He's making intercession for us, but it don't end there. It doesn't end there. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing in our future. That's what he's going to be doing tomorrow. When you get up and mess up, he's going to make intercession for you. A week from now, when you mess up, God, Christ is going to make intercession for you. Oh, I need somebody to help me. It's a mercy that God gives us, a mercy that we can confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Do you realize what kind of mercy that is? God has made a way for you to be forgiven, to be cleansed. He's done that through confession. That's a mercy. That's a mercy. But it goes on. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In other words, even if persecution come to my life and I was cut off, I was killed, I was put in the grave. Let's go to verse number 37. This is what he concluded. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I can never be separated from Him. It's a mercy of God. No matter what comes in my life, if I die tomorrow, I can't be separated from him. 
Hey, if persecution comes and I'm thrown in prison, I'm never separated from him. Why? Because he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. It's the mercy of God. Y'all, 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 some point tonight, y'all gonna get this. I'm waiting on some point tonight where you really grab a hold of this. God's mercies, according to the Bible, are new every morning. Every day we get up to the mercies of God. So Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1. It's it's a reasonable service. Trying to decide whether I'm going to preach the rest of it. It's a reasonable service. Why? Because of the mercies of God. How can you and I enjoy all these mercies? Shout about, get excited about all these mercies. And yet feel like that we can live our lives for ourselves. God, I sure am thankful you woke me up this morning. I sure am thankful that I can see. I sure am thankful that I can talk, I can hear, I can walk. I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for this job. But I need you to leave me alone for the next 24 hours. I'll be back with you when I'm ready. I'll be back with you if something goes wrong. I check in with you if I need some help. Other than that, I'm going to need you to back off. Don't be expecting me to be all in love with you. Don't be expecting me to hold your hand, walk around in the garden with you. God, I, I would spend some time with you today, but I got this to do. And this to do, and this to do. God, I I would spend some time with you, but I got to work today. I wonder if God's sitting up there shaking his head and saying, I'll take that job away from you. (laughs) It's by my mercies that you even have that job. It's by my mercies you even have your health. I wonder if I might need to slow you down with a hospital bed. I wonder if I might need to slow you down by having you sit at the house and not have a job. Listen, we don't serve a God like that. Somebody says, hey, man, we got, we got mercies that are new. With I, <laughs> y'all, some of y'all need to shout running around the building right now because you're under conviction right now. And the only thing that you got to bank on right at this moment is God's mercy. And you know it. And so in light of God's mercies, we ought to present our bodies a living sacrifice. So we see the motivation of sacrifice as God's mercy, but we see not only the motivation of sacrifice is God's mercy, but it's God's love. I'm not going to preach that part. Is everybody all right? I think y'all got that one. If you don't, go read 1 John chapter number 4. It's, it's, it's a love chapter. 
I'll read it to you. Y'all got, we ain't, we got plenty of time. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't wanting this. I'm going to give it all to you. All right. First John chapter number four. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only, only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Not only God's mercy, but God's love. It's our motivation for our sacrifice. But let's look at the method. How do we, what, the method of our sacrifice. Preacher, I, I don't understand. What are we supposed to do? I'm glad you asked. Go back to Romans chapter number 12, right there in verse number one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. The method of our sacrifice is a presentation of our bodies. Stay with me. Am I all right? It's a personal presentation. You know what that means? That means I can't go grab Dalton and drag him up there to the altar. I need somebody to help me. That ye present your bodies. It's your choice. Teenagers, y'all need to hear me right now because y'all all wrapped up in love and all this other stuff and y'all acting dumb and y'all think you got it all figured out. But if you're enjoying the benefits of salvation, you're with all the adults in here. Amen. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you have an obligation to present your body a living sacrifice too. It's personal. I can't make you do it. I wish I could. Man, we'd have the best church in the world. Amen. But you have to do it. You have to present yourself, your body. I love how he worded this. He said, present your bodies. You know why he said that? Because everything is contained in your body. Your soul, your spirit, your mind, your heart, everything is contained in your body. You know what God wants from you? All of you. It's, it's your reasonable service, isn't it? Come on, y'all, if you don't think it's your reasonable service, let me know. Let God know. I, it ain't my reasonable service. I, I mean, I understand all of God's mercy, but, but that's asking too much. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. It's a personal. It's personal. It's a personal sacrifice, a personal presentation. It's a complete presentation. In other words, we don't give God just a little bit of us. God ain't asking that you give just what you want to give up and hold that part, that special part back for yourselves. It's a personal presentation. Not only that, but it's a pure presentation. Ouch. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Everybody wants to stop right there, but that ain't where the verse stops. What's that next word? 
Can't even say it. Everybody, holy. That's how we ought to say it. It ought not be comfortable for us to say holy if we were saved by a thrice holy God. Holy, holy, holy. I'm to present myself holy. Not W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, H-O-L-Y. Pure. Say, preacher, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Good. <laughs> then you're like everybody else. Amen. So what is presenting myself holy? Pure. Preacher, I just, I, I don't know how I can obtain that. Righteous. Preacher, I don't know. I don't know how I can obtain that. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to cleanse us. From what? All, all what? Unrighteousness. Un we cleanse from all unrighteousness. Then we, we, we might be righteous at that moment. I, it's a purified sacrifice. A pure sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Miss Melissa, you told me that those animals in the Old Testament had to be what? Without spot, without blemish. But that goes against the mindset of the world of come to Jesus. It's okay. Live as you are. Come as you are. And hey, we do come to Jesus as we are, but we don't leave the same way, amen. And so we're to offer to him something that's perfect, some, something that's pure, something that's righteous, something that's holy, something that's acceptable. I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to help me. Think of it like this. Think of it like you show up to my house for Christmas and we're giving out gifts. Is everybody all right? We're giving these gifts out and man, we're all having fun and I give you a used toothbrush. Amen. I need somebody to help me. Why are you shaking your head, girl? Don't be shaking your head like that. She back there going, uh -uh. don't be handing me no used toothbrush. Is everybody all right? But how many times do we go with God with something that's been used up? Oh, it'd be like bringing a be like bringing a used toothbrush to a Christmas party. Amen. Saying, I got a gift for you. Here you go. Come on, y'all. Getting a pair of underwear. <laughs> I need somebody to help me. Amen. Ain't packaged up. <laughs> <laughs> the label on the inside done wore out a little bit. I need somebody to help me. Oh, they've been washed, but uh, I need somebody to help me. Amen. You ain't running in there to let me go put these on, see if they fit. <laughs> I 
Man, how many times do we bring something unworthy to God? We come to God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your what? All right, I'm done. Go to the next verse and I'm done. All right, so we have the motivation of our sacrifice. We have the method of our sacrifice. That's where to, get, where to present ourselves, all right? Now we're going to look at the mark of, of our sacrifice. Check this out. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The mark of you and I being a sacrifice is a testimony to the world. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you realize when you offer yourself a living sacrifice, you prove to the world God's goodness, God's acceptable, God's perfect will. You prove that to the world. Paul said, present yourselves a living sacrifice. It's your reasonable service. And if you'll do that, you'll prove to the whole world what God said is true. What he did for you will be broadcast to the world. Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's not asking us to do something that's unreasonable. He's not asking us to step out on a limb. Because of all God's mercy. Don't go to the piano, I'm done. I told him I was done. You got to go to the piano, son. Because of his mercies, you and I have a responsibility. We have some real good motivation as to why we ought to live tomorrow, not for ourselves, but for him. How am I going to do that, preacher? Come present yourselves. Come present yourself. Remember, I, I said it was personal. I thought about having, trying to get all of y'all down here to the altar and all of that, but the truth is, is it, it's all on you. It's personal. Now there's somebody out there that said, I don't want to, I don't want to be embarrassed, preacher. But I want you to know something. I want you to think about it. Every time you say that, I want you to think about something. They walked Jesus Christ down the Via Della Rosa through Jerusalem, through a crowd, butt naked. Is everybody all right? We, we, we like to see these little pictures of Jesus up there hanging on the wall with a cloth over his loin and all this. Other. That ain't how it worked. They walked him beaten, a body that had no clothes on it, beaten beyond, the, beyond recognition. Not because he did something wrong. He was without sin. But he did it to show you mercy. So next time we get worried about embarrassing ourselves, you just remember, Jesus walked that Via Della Rosa. He wasn't dignified. Wasn't with a shirt and tie on. Wasn't with a jacket on. Wasn't looking all good. He hung on a cross. Not, not, not looking all good. Not having his hair all fixed. Not being cleaned up. Not having just had a shower. 
He hung on that cross soaked in blood. He hung on that cross torn. He hung on that cross hair in a mess. Thorns in his head. Gasping for air. Suffocating. Literally suffocating after all he'd been through. The worst death you can imagine is trying to breathe and not being able to. And yet he hung on that cross. The Bible says he went to that cross willingly. Why? Because if he didn't, I had to face that wrath. I had to face the wrath of God. He became, as the Bible told us tonight, the propitiation of our sins. In other words, he became the substitute or the mercy seat for our sin. The night with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. If you died sitting in your chair, do you know where you'd spend eternity? If you have any other answer than preacher, I know I'll go to heaven. I want you to look right up at me and make eye contact. That's all I'm asking you to do. Is there anybody in here be honest with me? Preacher, I don't know that I'd go to heaven if I died. Won't embarrass you. I'm just asking you to make eye contact. Is there anybody like that? All right. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Lord, for tonight, Lord, I thank you for the reminder God, of your mercies. Lord, I'm even more thankful that tomorrow morning when I wake up, they're going to be new again. Lord, I sure have messed up. I messed up today. Messed up more than I care to admit. Today. I can't even get into yesterday. I, I'm just talking about today. So God, I'm looking forward to waking up with new mercies in the morning. God, I'm thankful for the mercies of my past. Thankful I didn't get what I deserved. God, the worst that could have been done to me, I deserved it. Yet your mercy, through your mercy, Lord, you hung on a cross, Lord, so that I didn't have to. By your mercy, God, you died. So I didn't have to die. Lord, you give me eternal life by your resurrection. A mercy. God, I woke up this morning to a the most beautiful woman in the world, a mercy. Come to work, see one of my children, a mercy. Had a grandbaby crawl up in my lap today while I was working, your mercy. Got to see another one of my youngins tonight at church, your mercy. given the privilege to come to church in the middle of the week, God of mercy. Given the privilege to freely worship 
practice my faith, your mercy. God, the least I can do for you, my reasonable service, God, is to present myself. Lord, here I am. A living sacrifice. God, I want to live for you. 2023, Lord, I, I, I have the same desire as Brother Jake. Be closer to you than I've ever been before. God, I know the only way that's going to happen is if every morning I get up with them brand new mercies and present myself, my body, my everything, everything about me, present it a living sacrifice. God, here's my hands. God, here's my feet. Here's my mouth, God. May I use it to tell someone about you. Here's my hands. May I use them to help somebody. Here's my feet. May I use them to walk closer to you. Here's my ears, God. May I, may I use them to learn more about you and increase my faith. Here's my eyes, God. May I use them to see you more clearly. Here's my heart, God. Here's my mind, my heart. God, renew it. Transform our lives. Lord, that we may be a living, walking, breathing testimony of how good you are, how merciful you are. God, I love you tonight. I thank you for my church. I thank you for the people that I get to worship with. Lord, I pray that you'd keep us safe. Watch after us. Lord, tomorrow when we fall, God, I pray we get up. When we stumble, God, I pray we pick ourselves up. Realizing, Lord, that there's mercies available. God, no matter how many times we fall, it's our reasonable service to present ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.